Welcome and thank you for joining us today on Friend of God, brought to you by Friendship Baptist Church in Sturges, Mississippi. It is our goal to take the Word of God to as many people as possible. We pray that you not only enjoy today's message, but more importantly, we hope and pray that it changes your heart and moves all of us to life change and action. God bless and enjoy. So my whole life, I've been an achiever, and I don't really know uh, exactly why, but somewhere along the line, I picked up on this message. I, I bought into this this message, I guess maybe from my culture, that if you achieve certain things, then life will be good. And so I honestly had this sense that I had to do something of value in order to be someone of value. It just seems like if you ever think that purpose is a destination, you're gonna end up with a midlife crisis because you never get there. At least it's been my experience, and, and I've seen other people go through that, that that lifestyle is just exhausting. It's just exhausting. And you just work, and you work, and you work, and you work, and you work, and your whole joy is wrapped up in what others say about you. The Bible says a lot about um, purpose, and, and a lot of that is found in, in Jesus and in a relationship with God. You know, the first and greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. For me, that's my purpose. But I can't just do that on my own. Like, I have to be connected to the source. Like, Jesus talks about, he uses the analogy of a vine and branches. And he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. If you are a branch broken off from the vine, if you're broken off from the source, you wither away. You have to be connected. And for me, my purpose is found in that connection. My purpose is, is in this very moment, being connected to the source, to the source of life. Because if I try to go off and achieve, to fill up my little you know, insecurities, in some wonderful accolades or some wonderful compliments that I get from somebody. I mean, that that's, that's stupid. That's a waste of time. But if I can stay connected to the source of life and just make myself available to be used to, the, the scriptures say, to, to be streams of living water flowing through me, that's beautiful. Like that's, that's my purpose. This morning, we're looking at the vine and the branches. It's in John 15. If you have your copy of God's Word, please go ahead and just make your way there. Uh, we also, likewise, have pew Bibles here in the pew. And these are opportunities for you to take with you. If you don't have a Bible and you'd like one, these are here. If you are watching online and you would like one, please let me know, put it in the comments of the video that you're watching, and we'd love to get you a copy of God's Word. So, um, the vine and the branches, staying connected, finding our sense of contentment in the Lord and His plans alone. 
This is what we really need to hear, especially during a time where many feel disconnected from the vine or feel disconnected from the things that they do the most. Many are disconnected this past year from a physical building of coming to church. Maybe they've dealt with illness or sickness or loss or something going on. But we can be content in our relationship with Him. So where does this passage lead us to? It leads us firstly to understand God and Jesus. We need to stay committed at all times. One of the words that was used growing up was diligent, right? Being diligent to something means that you are, you are going to do it, that you have to do work, that you have to get connected, that you have to stay positioned and stay working hard and spend time and effort and energies into something to be diligent. It means that you're working on it at all times. And I heard a word one time that really isn't a real word. So don't go saying, Brother Jeremy said this is a real word because this is not a real word, but stick to itiveness. So uh, I know some of y'all are trying to figure out how to spell that right now. Don't try. But uh, stick to itiveness. It means that we have to work hard to stay committed. We have to work hard not to compromise the sacred biblical word of God as well, right? Because we live in a world that wants us to make a thousand decisions every moment, right? And we have to choose every moment to adhere to God's word or to do our own thing, to stay connected to him or to try to do what the world's trying to get us to do. Because what I've learned is that you and I can't do both, can we? We can't be good by the world's standard and be good by God's standard, can we? We can't go and live like the world and have a whole lot of friends that think we're the best and stand in the righteous place that God wants us to. We can't be in both in that sense. We have to stay connected to that vine that this passage brings into focus. Well, the first and second verses really talk about it. It says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. He's talking about there, that's Jesus saying, I am the way that you stay connected to God. He said, look, you understand. See, this culture and society would have been growing different things. And so they would have understood the olive tree. They would have understood grapes. They would have understood that connectedness to the vine. And so they really grasped that analogy that, that I've got to stay connected or else what happens? What happens when you're not connected? What happens when, when things don't go like they ought to do? But he says, I am the true vine and my father's the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. How many of you have things that you prune that you, that you take care of in that way? When you're attentive to them, right, and you do the things necessary, they bloom into a beautiful flower, plant, or, or whatever that they are because you've taken time and effort to work on them and to know that apart from you spending that time, they're not going to reach that point where they're their most useful and most beautiful. So we think about God being that attentive to us. We think about the connectedness, and apart from that, we can't do anything. As you and I abide in Christ, we determine that He is more than enough, don't we? I love that term, abiding. That means that you and I go to Jesus Christ and we stay there, right? We don't go to Him and, and, and just, you know, 
like a kid does whenever you go to the store. They want 25 cents to put in the machine to get a gumball. We don't go to God and say, okay, God, I need you this moment. I'm going to put a gumball, you know, and I'm going to wait for the gumball to go down, and I'm going to reach in there. It's not the same color I want. I'm going to put it back down. I'm going to get it. You know, we're not, that's not that kind of thing. We abide in Christ because He saved and redeemed our souls. So we go to Him, right? And we stay there because we realize that if we're not staying where He is, we're not staying connected, are we? If we're not praying, if we're not reading God's Word, if we're not serving, if we're not going, if we're not loving, if we're not understanding, then we're not right where He is, right? We're doing our own thing. But abide in me, He says, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. Unless we spend time in Him, then you and I can't do the things He has called us to do. We can't reach the people we are called to reach. We can't love the folks that rub us the wrong way, can we? Some of y'all are thinking right now, oh, it's very hard to love some folks. But when we're connected to the vine, we see what He sees in people. And one of the things that's great about it is, is that He sees potential in me and you, right? So when we look at others, He sees the potential in them and gives us the heart to look past some things that we might love on them like He loves on us. But we can't bear fruit, meaning we can't do the things He's called us to do unless we spend that time abiding in Him. Verse 5 says, I'm the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Because apart from me, you can't do anything. I think if we were to take an assessment of our lives, there are many times where we try to do our own thing, don't we? We're like, well, this sounds like a good thing. And it might be a good thing that we do. But for the wrong reasons, it's not a good thing, right? But what does God do when you and I are doing it for his glory and for his purposes? He multiplies that effort, doesn't He? You know, I've seen time and again where the right people going and maybe taking some food to feed someone, and you say, well, I sure didn't know all these folks were going to be here. <laughs> and you start thinking, well, I've only got this and this, and I don't know how it's going to go so far. But then God does something significant, and everybody walks away with a full belly, and you said, how did that happen? You know, or someone goes to a to a mission site or, or working or building or doing something and they say, well, we only have so many things and so many supplies that we brought in with us. How are we going to make this work? And then every nail and every board and everything gets used for God's glory because the right people in the right places and the right jobs are there and they can make with a little a lot happen. See, God can use us to do many things, but apart from Him, we can't do anything. And the Bible reminds us again and again, especially this passage, that He goes with us wherever we go. So, but how does it go when we don't abide in Him? What happens when you and I don't stay connected to Him? And, and we all know what that feeling feels like when we feel disconnected. But in this passage, I do believe that it's veering toward the idea of rejecting Him. John 15, 6 says it this way. It says, If anyone does not abide in Me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up, and they gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. You know, the only thing I can really imagine during that time is that if you think about these big 
agrarian societies that have these big crops and they do the pruning and they get the vines and the dead ones and they're over here in a pile is this big massive fire that's going up anybody ever set a fire going and it got out of hand this is the only thing i can imagine what this looks like this big flame going up but you also got to think about the fact that if you don't know jesus christ the bible leads us to understand and believe that hell is the destination where eternal torment and fire and separation from Him forever and ever happens. So you got to think that this vine represents that relationship. And without that relationship, that this whole scenario plays out for me and you. It's not simply talking about vines and it's not simply talking about branches. It's, it's talking about our connectedness to a God who can. And if we choose to reject, reject Him... He lets us do that too, right? He lets us make that choice. That means that every one of us have to make that choice to truly believe in Him, to abide in Him, and He will do that in our lives. But there's a very much a, a warning here of rejecting Him, of choosing not to abide in Him and understanding the consequences of that. So what is the evidence of abiding in Him? Now, the following verses illustrate that, that, that connectedness, that abiding in Him. And let's look at those things that it says here. It says in verse 7, If you abide in Me and My words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Ask and it will be done. His words, right? Abide in Me. How many of you read the Bible? How many of you read the Bible? How many of you allow for the Bible to be what you read and governs every part of your life. That means if the Bible doesn't say it and God doesn't release us to do it, we don't do it, right? That means that if I'm struggling with life's hardest days and I read the Word of God, which I believe is all sufficient to us to be able to tell us some of the things that we're going through and help us be able to traverse these things in life, I believe that we need to spend more time understanding and allowing for Him to do what only He can do in our lives. Ask whatever you wish. See, I believe spending time in God's Word gives us the right heart and motivation to ask the things that are necessary to honor and glorify God. This is not one of those, okay, God, I want more money. I want a bass boat. I want this. I want that. That benefits just me, right? This is saying, God, give me your heart. God, give me your eyes. Give me your ability to see past the things in this world and help me see others like I ought to and ask and it will be done requires a heart check making sure for us that our motivation is all about glorifying him and allowing for the Holy Spirit to take ownership of everything see the reality behind this is if you and I go serve somewhere if you and I go love on our neighbor if we go help our enemy and serve and love on our enemy we're not doing it so that we get a pat on the back. We're doing it because of what? So that God is glorified in what we do, right? Everything turns back to if you and I are in Christ, then what? He is in us. And then fruit comes out of that, right? But when we're not, there's no fruit that comes through that. But he really leads us a little bit further in that. He says that we will bear much fruit and we will prove that we are His disciples. Much fruit. Now that doesn't mean that we will just have an apple here and there or whatever your favorite fruit is. Banana. Okay, banana. 
uh, we'll just have that here and there. That means it will bow that limb, that vine will be hanging down. You know what I mean? When it overproduces and it kind of hangs like this, that means we'll bear much fruit. That means we'll glorify God even more. That means that God's name and purposes will be glorified, that others will come to know Jesus Christ, and that, that we will be doing all that He has called us to do and proving that we are His disciples. See, I love that part. The way that we love God and stay connected to Him influences our life and to those around us that are looking for Jesus, they're able to see Jesus in us. It's an amazing thing. As we spend time with Him, we begin to look more, act more, and do more like Him. How many of you have ever spent time with parents and grandparents that have a certain trade? And then you learn that trade, right? You begin to learn how to do something. You begin to learn what it means to work hard and to spend time in that then what happens when somebody else is looking at you now that you know how to do it? You teach them the same thing, right? You know, one of the hardest lessons I had to learn growing up was to not take my shirt off when I'm doing fencing. When I'm outside putting a barbed wire fence all day long and doing that. Because what happened? What was a hard lesson behind that? Well, these little blisters came up. And it burned and it hurt. And I had to learn why my dad and my grandfather wore white t-shirts all the time. I had to learn why they wore gloves because my hands were all tore up. I had to learn a lot of things for doing the wrong thing sometimes. And we learn what God does when we try to do things apart from Him. We prove he's, uh, we're disciples when we do the things that He has led us to do. John 15, 8 says, My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. So I'm reminded time and again that God loves you and me, doesn't He? God loves us despite our shortcomings, despite where we fall short. He loves us, right? Years ago, David Crowder came out with a song, How He Loves. Well, he kind of took it off of somebody else. I think John Mark McMullen or something like that. McMillan. Uh, I may have just messed up his name. But, uh, but it was very much calling us to remember the ways that he loves us. How he demonstrates his love to us. How we are to demonstrate that love to others. John 15, 9 says it like this. It says, just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. And, and you and I should say this like this. Because of the way that Jesus loves me and died for me, I'm going to love on other people too. Because of the way that Jesus loved me and died for me and gave His life up for me and rose from the grave, I'm going to tell the good news. Because of the ways that Jesus did everything that He did in my life and has never given up on me and still forgives me to this day, I'm going to forgive those in my life which believe that they are not forgivable. I'm going to love on the least of these. I'm going to go to places where people don't necessarily love on Christians a lot, and I'm going to just love on them. I'm going to do whatever it takes because of the Father that's in me says that God loves Jesus. Jesus loves me. And so I know that He's going to be with me wherever I go. And I'm going to abide in that love. And I'm going to do everything I can to stay connected to Him. See, that's where we need to understand. There's a lot of choices we make every day. 
But one of the greatest choices you can make on any given day is to stay connected to Him. That means that you open your Bible, you open the app, whatever you do to stay connected, and you read God's Word every day. Y'all, we live in an information age where there are so many Bible plans that are out there, right? You can read through the Bible in six months, two months, three months, a year. You can read through different translations. It's more at your fingertips than ever before. And you can open up your Bible. I remember growing up, and some of you will understand this story. I remember growing up, and unlike me who has many Bibles, my grandfather had one Bible. And his one Bible was black on the outside. Alright, now the pages on the inside looked similar to this, but if you grabbed a couple of them and pulled, they'd kind of come out. He had them tucked in there. If you opened them up, you'd see the highlights on them. You'd see where he had written down. You saw his spiritual journey and the things that he struggled with the most. And so this was a time in, in, in the world where they didn't really share their feelings, right? So it was one of those things where, you know, he would, he would sit down and he would read through his Bible, but he wouldn't really say a whole lot. You learned a lot about somebody by looking at their Bible, but you learned a lot about somebody about how they keep and stay connected and do not compromise. Y'all, we make time for what we value, don't we? Now that's the reality of the story. If you and I value our relationship with Jesus Christ, if we value our time that we have, then we'll make time to spend in quiet, in prayer. We'll make time to serve and love our neighbors. We'll make time to do those things we think are important. I've learned throughout time, we make time for everything, don't we? I make time for coffee in the morning, thank goodness. I make time for reading my Bible every morning. I make time in my life specifically to tell my kids that I love them. I make time in my life to spend time with my wife. I make time in my life for, for a number of things, right? But in doing that, I say, God has loved me so much, I want to love others so much. God has, heard, God has spoke to me in my relationships, those closest to me ought to know Jesus because they know me. So that means wherever I work and wherever I go, you know, I have conversations with people. It might be the lady that folds the, the blankets and things at JCPenney. I'm going to go stop and talk to her. She might not know me from anybody else, but at the end, she's going to know that God loves her. That means if I'm at the store and there are, you know, two checkout lines, I'm going to let that person know I love them. That means if I'm at a restaurant, nine times out of ten, I don't know how it happens, but the person that's, that's waiting my table tells me everything that's going on in their lives. And I begin to say, why they don't know me is God in me, right? It's how we treat one another. It's how connected we are. So we can't compromise that connectedness in order that God might have His best in us. So how can we stay connected to Him? I'm glad you asked that question. Verse 10 tells us that. It says, if you keep my commands, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and abide in His love. So if we do what the Word says, if we keep the commands that He set before us, and don't look at it as a set of rules, but look at it as the way that God loves us and gives us a way that we ought to live, then we get to love like Jesus, right? We are not made to love like Jesus. We get to love like Jesus. There's an opportunity, right? We don't we're not made to look at folks in need. We get to love 
people in need. It changes the perspective that we have when we allow for the Word of God to become more than just words on a page. When we allow for our prayer time to be something that fuels us so that we go out and do the things that God has called us to do. So being connected is so, so important. And keeping His commands are important. Now how many of you understand the word completeness? Now in this scripture passage it talks about completeness. That means that you and I lack nothing when we realize He is our everything. Right? Y'all, there's nothing apart from Him that I need. Right? There's a lot of things I want, right? But there's nothing apart from Him that I need. There's a lot of things this world tries to tell us we need. We don't need those things. We need to stay connected to Him and allow for Him to be our everything. Verse 11 says, These things I have spoken to you so that you may find joy, and my joy may be in you, and that this joy may be made full. Right? Anybody ever been full? Like, maybe you've eaten just too much, and you've been so full, your eyes won't stay open. Anybody ever done that? Maybe that never happened to you before. But there's been times where I, you know... You eat so much, it's, it's, it's what they call, and I think a technical term is called food coma. I think you were one of those that, that maybe you eat too much of the turkey or too much of other things, and you get so full. You say, I can't eat what? Another bite. We need to be that full of God in our lives. The Holy Spirit needs to saturate us so much that we say, you know what? I can't fit into the drop in. I got to go and share this with somebody so I have more room for God to do more in my life. I can't, I'm so full that I need to go tell somebody. I'm so full that I need to go serve somebody. I'm so full that I need to do something to get God's love in this world so that I might get more of God's love and might do more. So some of the things that get in our way are these distractions how many of you get distracted pretty easily distractions take us off course and divert our attention away from staying in the presence of God as we drift off course we begin to worry and struggle with the things that God was meant to be entrusted with don't we when you and I get off course and we start drifting off course we're starting to think that we need to be in control of the things that God should be in control of right so we become distracted and most of our worries that we have come from asking, what can we do about a situation instead of saying, God, you are sufficient and you can do most and, and, and you can do the most in our lives and we trust you with all of those things. So God, we want to rest in you, right? Connected to you. We've started to worry about things that we ought not worry about. When God can take care of those things, God can do all things. So distractions. What about resting? How many of you say this morning that you're as rested as you ought to be? Anybody? Anybody's just like, man, I just, I've slept so good, I don't even need a nap this evening. Anybody? Some of y'all are thinking, man, if I just had those extra hours of sleep, or, or maybe you're like those folks like us on Craig here, the lights came on at a certain time of the night, and all your lights came back on, and you were sitting here like this right here, you know. Uh, we were in the dark for a while, but then the lights came on. But when I talk about resting this morning, I want us to look at the understanding and practice of solitude. Ooh, you went from resting to everything being quiet 
And I don't necessarily like everything being quiet. But many of us live in this world where we think we have to stay busy or believe that we should leave little time, you know, to be, you know, bothered in that sense. But, but when we spend time in resting or solitude, then we have time to be transformed by God, don't we? We have time to grow because we begin to think about the things in our lives which we ought to think about. We think many times that leftovers are good enough. But if we make the application... I want you to really think about this. How good is an athlete if they never practice and then they're put in the game to play? How many of you think that athlete is going to show up? Not going to happen. What about a worker that doesn't take their training seriously and falls short whenever it comes time to use that information? What about a doctor's medicine if we never take it? I think you see the analogies behind all of that. We need to listen to what the Holy Spirit is trying to do in our lives and rest in that acknowledgement that He is in control. See, it calls us to faith, right? Faith is believing in something we can't always see and knowing that God is all in control. So we trust in Him. Faith is what transforms our life. We might not all have the details, but God does. And so resting in solitude helps us to slow down, turn down the noise in our lives that we may be able to hear that still small voice. How many of you know what it's like when life gets so loud you can't really hear things like you ought to? It's oftentimes when we unplug from things and we go spend time in nature or we go, to go for a walk or we separate ourselves from the worry that we're dealing with, that we begin to hear and experience God's moving in our lives. We're reminded maybe of a scripture we thought was unrelated, right? We read something early in the week and then we were like, I didn't really know where that was. And then I dealt with life's difficulty of a situation this week. And then so I'm over here trying to figure out how to deal with that moment. And then I begin to think what? That scripture that seemed like it was unrelated over here comes back into play and comes into my heart at that moment. When I slow down, I'm able to hear that still, small voice that reminds me who He is, but also reminds me who I am and that I am loved and that I am cared for and what my purpose is. So we can also take from this passage that He loves us. See, God's love for us is evident throughout the Bible, isn't it? It's evident in the fact that He never gives up on humanity. As bad as we are, as sinful as we are, as disobedient as we are, He never gives up on me and you, does He? And He demonstrates that time and again. We have consequences, right? But that doesn't mean that He does not show up. He still wants to give us that restoration that we can need. And we can understand that nothing can remove that love from us once we become His children. The Bible demonstrates it in this way. It says, the shepherd lays down his life from the sheep. And that same shepherd that laid down his life rose from the grave. How much more do you believe that He will do for you today? Jesus gave His life for you and me because He 
loved us and never gave up on us. How much more will His love do for you today? See, we can also get in the mindset that we need more of this, more of that. We start striving after things, right? More of this and more of that. We can take, when we take joy in all that God has blessed us with, then we are able to see and experience that completeness in our life. I think David says it this way, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. When I realize that He's all I need, then He's all I want, right? When you and I realize that there's nothing we can do apart from God and His Word, then what does that take us to do? To sit at His table every day and to dine with Him. To pray and pray hard. To seek His Word and say, what does it say? And if it doesn't say it, I'm not going to do it. Or if He says yes, yes. If He says no, no, then that has to be it. That's the final word. We don't become one of those that says, well, I didn't like what He said, so I'm going to ask again. Because He's going to say the same thing, right? And oftentimes, some of us, it takes a couple of times for it to get past our brain. Maybe you're not as hard-headed as I am. But, He said, I shall not want. He provides for us in ways that we often look at as mundane or insignificant. How many small things did He have to provide for that brought you here today? You think about it. This morning, many of you woke up and you did this thing called breathing, right? You were able to get up despite many difficulties that you might have in life. You were able to make your way here. You are able to, to live and do the things He has called us to do. He has blessed us with so much in this life. When we assess that we are striving towards those things, we may need to change course when we're, we're thinking about those things so that we can taste and see the goodness of the Lord. See, you and I do not operate by the world's standards, do we? We operate by the leadership of the Holy Spirit and spending time with Him every day. We know that, that through all of these things that, that He has an unbelievable purpose for each and every one of us. Tonight, we're going to begin a series called Bible Basics. And we're going to start dealing with those things. And the first thing we're going to talk about tonight is the importance of staying in God's Word. I think sometimes we have to be reminded of the basic things that we ought to be doing. Because we can get so many things out of order, can't we? It's easy to get things out of order. So tonight we're going to be talking about the Bible and the importance of the Bible. And I hope that you'll come and be a part of that. And maybe realign your lives with what God ought to be doing in your lives. So this morning, I want to invite you. I want you to, to, to know that God loves you, but I want to invite you to respond. Maybe in your life you've said, I've been pulled in a thousand and one ways, and I need to be more connected with God than ever before. See, today in the times we're living in, the difficulties of the moment, that's not a reason to start looking for ways. That's a reason to stay even more connected with Him. And there's so many of us that have received such bad news in the most recent of times that we need to stay prayed up, don't we? We need to stay in God's Word. We need to know the all-sufficiency of God and that apart from Him, we can't do one single thing. And I don't know if you've ever attempted that, but I can't. I can't just about tie my shoes without Him, right? I can't 
do the things He's called me to do, even the smallest of things, without spending time daily with Him and knowing that He has a plan for me, despite my shortcomings. Maybe you're here today and you need to say, God, in this year, even though we've had only a couple of weeks in this year, I want to be more connected to you than I ever have before. Because being connected to Him means that we are connected to God. And He'll never leave us nor forsake us. And He'll never lead us in a direction we ought not go. And I want to have the heart that He has in this world. So maybe we need to be connected to Him. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ. And He said, Preacher, your analogy about this big old branch pile and the fire, that might be reminiscent of me. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ. You've never heard that Jesus loves you enough to die for you. And that if you place your trust and belief in Him, that He will save you. Who can come to know Jesus Christ? Anyone. You've just got to be willing to come. To believe that He came, that He died, that He rose and lives forevermore. And when you believe those things, He will save you. And from this point on, you can say, I am a child of God. Y'all, it's difficult to live like Christ in this world. It's never going to be easy, but it is worthwhile. So if you don't know Jesus this morning, I invite you to come to know Jesus. I always say it's good to have the altar open. If God's working in your heart and life and you have a grief or a burden that's so heavy that you've been tired of carrying it around, that you know that only He can do something with, then I ask you, Will you come forward today and just leave it right there? Now, don't do what folks normally do. Well, I like to worry about things, so I'm going to go back and get it when the preacher's through the sermon. And I'm going to, no, when you bring it to God, you leave it there. Because you realize that you can't do it, but only God can. You can't heal an area. You can't work through an area. You can't save some situation. You can't deal with some illness. You can't deal with some sorrow, but He can. So bring that to Him this morning. Release it to Him and leave it there. And say, you're the only one that can do what needs to be done. God, I trust you for all that. That's faith. So this morning, join me as I pray. Stand with me, please, as Brother Jeremy comes up here. Father God, I just thank you for this day. God, I thank you for our time together. And God, we pray for our many family and friends that are dealing with this sickness. God, this time of difficulty this hardship of this world and seemingly are disconnected in many different ways. But God, we're reminded time and again that as we pray, as we open your word, as we dine at your table every day, we've never been more connected to you. So God, I pray that we look in 2022 for so many ways that we can stay connected to you. Father God, I pray as we stay connected to you, you help us see the world as you see the world. You help us love on folks that are hard to love. God, you help us to serve those that are in such great need as you demonstrated. Father God, as we stay connected to you, help us to tell the good news to the world. Father, I pray today if there's someone here that needs to know that you love them, that you care for them, that you want to forgive them, that you want them to have that right relationship with you, God, I pray that you encourage them to step forward God, and just to come and just to receive that forgiveness for the sins that they carry so 
much in their lives. Father God, you will forgive us if we come to you. And so I pray today that someone might have the courage to do that. Father God, we all go through so many things, many of which our friends and our neighbors don't even know about. So God, it starts with you. Father, if we have a burden, a need, a hardship that is too heavy to bear, Father, we know that no burden is too great for you, that you can't lighten in our lives. So Father, I pray in these moments, if we need to bring those needs to you and leave them there, God, that we do that today. We have faith and trust in you. Father God, I pray in this time and this moment, God, you move in this place unbelievably more than you ever have before. Father, and we'll give you the glory for all that you've done. And it's in your mighty name we do pray. Amen. Thank you for joining the Friendship Family today. Your time is your most valuable commodity, and we are enormously grateful that you chose to share some of it with us. If you would like to know more about Friendship Baptist Church, please visit our website, friendshipsturges.com, or our Facebook page. Both links can be found in the show notes below. Although we would greatly appreciate you leaving this podcast a rating or review, we would be eternally grateful if you would be willing to share it with someone else. We pray you have a God-filled day, and please remember, love God, love people, and reach the world.